Life Audio. Hey everyone, welcome back to How to Study the Bible. I am your host, Nicole Eunice, and I am so glad to be with you today. We are on a little hiatus between series, so we're going to get into our devotion in just a minute that I hope will be really helpful to you. It comes right out of the kinds of questions that people ask me, and I just want to answer that question through God's Word today. Um, But before we get into that, I just want to thank you for being here. If you're new here, we're really, really glad that you found us. We're glad that you are a part of our community. And whether you came at the beginning of the year when we were doing our five-word series or you you happened in here through Crosswalk.com or some other website that sort of pointed you this direction, we are really, really happy that you're here. I'm Nicole. I am a pastor and a mom. I am a person who leads in the marketplace as well. But more than anything, I am a fellow traveler who believes in the power of God's Word and actually believes that we can find our way into a good life by finding our way into Scripture and that God has relevant things to say to each one of us and that whatever is on your heart, whatever need is there, whatever desire that you have, God can meet you in His Word and He has a Word for you. And that is a beautiful thing. And I think that has really characterized my life through all the twists and turns and, and valleys and mountains is really believing that God has words to say to us in his scripture and that no matter how lost you feel, no matter how far away you feel from him, you can find him again and he will find you in the pages of his word because this is where we get to know his voice and get to know who he is. So that's what we're doing here. Um, I also get to to write books and, and teach and preach as part of my ministry. And so we've got a new book coming out. just want to let you guys know about it called Not What I Signed Up For. It comes out next month, March 19th, 2024. And this book is coming out of a season of transition in my own life where I really found um, and asked the question, what does God have to teach us about unexpected seasons through the life of Joseph, which is found in the book of Genesis? So an amazing story, an amazing opportunity for you to find your own story in the pages of scripture. And would love to invite you to that. We've got a few pre-order bonuses right now. If you go over to my website and you order the book in advance, you will get the audiobook free as well as a prayer journal where I help you write your own prayers, your own honest prayers, especially in seasons that maybe are unexpected. I would love to give you both of those gifts. So it would bless me and help me so much as an author if you were able to pre-order Anywhere that books are sold, you can find the book on Christian Book, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, all those places. Um, Would love to get the book in your hands. And a little later this season, we will do a Bible study coming out of that book. So um, I'll get you guys a few, I'll give you a few weeks to get a hold of the book. But later on in the spring, we're going to go through the book together. So I'm super excited about that. Okay, now that we've gotten all of our announcements out of the way, I want to get into today's lesson, which I'm calling Finding Your Confidence in Christ. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country, and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. 
When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So in my own story and people that, you know, I get to speak with, I think there's a there's a sense of like, wow, like life can be really challenging. Life can be really hard if you are try to figure out how to, you know, follow God in your everyday life. If you're trying to figure out how to raise your children, if you want to show up well in your workplace or your school, you know, those are those are challenging things because people are tough and, and we are people who are tough and messy and the people that we interact with can be tough and messy. And a lot of times when we face that kind of trouble or conflict, we're trying to figure out how do I show up with love? How do I show up with energy? Like we we can get kind of stuck in that, right? And we can get in our own heads about who we are and what we need to be and when are we supposed to speak up and when are we supposed to be quiet and just not sure how to be confident in the places that God's called us. And, you know, insecurity is an issue that all of us deal with on some level or another. We find insecurity, you know, when I think about the the definition of insecurity, I think about the idea of if you've ever walked across a puddle with thin ice or have been on thin ice in any way, you sort of step very tentatively because you're like, is this going to crack? Is this going to break? Can I'm, am I going to be able to, is this going to hold my weight? Am I going to be able to stay upright? You know, and there are many ways in life where we tread out a certain direction and we discover like we feel really insecure and we're, we're building a life on something that can't sustain the weight of our soul, the weight of our life. And so we, we look for those things that we want to create security, whether that is feeling people's approval or feeling really successful or feeling really secure or making sure that our kids are okay or whatever that thing is. We we seek out that thing and we want that thing to give us life and to make us feel okay. That's really at the end of the day. Insecurity is the product of trying to find ways to feel okay in things that aren't designed to sustain the weight of our soul. And so we, we, and we can do this for years. We can do this for a lifetime. Where it's like, I'm going to chase after this thing because if I get this thing, I'm going to feel okay. And you can you can insert in the blank, if blank, then I would feel okay. And sometimes this is a big thing, like you can think about your life, but maybe just think about your week. 
think about this week that you're in right now, today, and, and fill in the blank. If blank, then I would be okay. And, and this is a diabolical scheme of the enemy to keep us constantly believing that if blank, I would be okay. And, and we push stuff out of ourselves. It's like, well, if I could only eat healthy, if if today was the day I worked out, if if I could get my bills paid, if I just got that promotion, if 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 my boss just noticed what I was doing, whatever that thing is that we think is going to make us okay. And we we jump on this crazy making treadmill over and over again, thinking that this is the time that it's actually going to work out. Like this is the time where that thing that I think is going to make me feel okay, and maybe it does make me feel okay for a period of time, is going to be enough. And I'm going to feel confident and I'm going to feel secure and I'm going to step out boldly in faith and I'm going to feel free and I'm going to have peace and I'm going to have joy. And we want spiritual fruit, but we often seek it through earthly means. We get on the treadmill, the earthly treadmill that says, if blank, then I'll be okay. When we're actually looking for spiritual fruit, we're looking for the end state. The end state that we're looking for is what? Confidence, freedom, love, peace, joy. Well, guess what, guys? Those are actual promises that God gives us. Like God is saying the thing that you want, he wants to give you. The way he gives it to you is often not the way we're seeking it. And that is the space between kind of the kingdom of heaven, the idea of I'm going to follow Jesus, my King Jesus in the kingdom of heaven, and I'm going to follow the kingdom of this world, and I'm going to figure out how to get the thing I want based on the kingdom of the world. The kingdom of the world is the treadmill. The kingdom of heaven is walking with our good shepherd. And walking with our good shepherd is possible. We can find our confidence in Christ. It is going to take work. It's going to take an intentional choice, right? Because every day is a day that we're tempted to get on that earthly treadmill. If blank, then I will be okay. But I want to give you a way and maybe a framework to think about this. And and honestly, guys, I have returned to this passage that we're about to read every single day for about two weeks. I'm not trying to find more than this. I'm just sitting in this because I really believe that if I could, if you could, if I could, if we could fully engage what this particular passage is saying, we would find our confidence in Christ every day. We would have that framework to say, okay, this is how I'm going to start my day. So we're going to be in Philippians 2 this morning, Philippians 2 verses 12 through 13. I'm going to read the rest of the passage later, but our focus is just going to be on verses 12 and 13. Here's what it says. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Okay, and then we're going to get into a passage that kind of talks about what that what's going to be the fruit of doing that. So we'll do that last. But let's just hone in right here and stay in these couple of verses for a few minutes. Let's use our live method. We're going to ask four questions. We're going to take a little bit of time. And the first question we're going to ask is, what does it say? We just always start there. And and by the way, this is a thick sentence, so it should take you a second to, to know what it actually says. Like, you need to be able to reframe it in your own words. I'm going to read it to you again, okay? I'm going to read it to you, and I want to listen. First thing I want you to do is I want you to listen for what you think the tone of this passage is, okay? So here, what is the tone? Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will 
and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. What is the tone? So when I think about tone, I hear where it says, dear friends. And so I'm thinking, okay, this is starting from a place of affection. And then when I read the tone, this is a word of encouragement. So when I go into interpreting what the next part of the passage is saying, what this verse is saying, I want to keep in my mind, this is an affectionate and encouraging word. Okay, so this is not a beat you down, make you feel bad word. So if this does beat you down and make you feel bad, then something's already off because The Apostle Paul is setting this up for the early church and saying, I am seeing you as dear friends. I'm bringing you affection. I'm bringing you encouragement for what you are already doing. Like he's saying, you are already obeying. You are already being faithful. So in the midst of your faithfulness, he's going to give this next exhortation, okay? And we're going to ask the question, okay, what does it say? And what it says next is work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So if I was underlining, I would probably underline in my Bible fear and trembling because I'm like, what does that mean? I don't, I don't necessarily say fear and trembling, you know, as a as a phrase in my everyday life. So I'm going to want to understand maybe where that's coming from. Work out, you know, I circle work out because that's an interesting phrase. I want to understand that because I'm always looking in Scripture for what is God doing in the passage and what is God asking me to do. What is God doing and what is God asking humans to do. So we have an exhortation here to work out your salvation. So I'm going to want to understand this. And then I have a very clear statement about the what is what what is God doing, right? So if I had a category of what am I doing in my what am I doing side, there would be work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What is God doing? It says that God is working in me. God is willing in me. God is acting in me to fulfill his good purpose. Well, already. Before we even get into it, you might notice God's got a lot more job here than I do. Like God's got a lot more responsibilities in this whole whole passage than I do. I've got a responsibility. God has a responsibility. My responsibility is work out your salvation with fear and trembling. God's responsibility is that he's the one who's working in me. He's the one who's willing in me. He's the one who's acting in me. And he's doing it for an actual good purpose. Hey guys, we're here because the Bible has changed so many lives. So just take a second and think about if you didn't have access to a Bible or you weren't even allowed to have one. This is a reality that many around the world are facing, which is why I want to tell you about one of our partners, Crew. Crew has missionaries in almost every country and they are seeing people come to know Jesus. There's just one thing they're missing, a Bible in their own language, and that's where you come in. For only $24 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $24, Crew will also provide meals to 12 hungry individuals through their humanitarian aid ministry. Plus, you'll receive a free copy of my new book, Not What I Signed Up For. Simply text STUDY to 71326 to help today. That's S-T-U-D-Y or visit give.crew.org slash study. Again, that's give.cru.org slash study. Message and data rates may apply and available to U.S. addresses only. Okay, so we kind of got, what does it say? Okay, maybe it's mapped out in your passage there. And then you're gonna, we're going to ask the question, okay, what's the backstory? Easy, easy place for a backstory to start is we always start with the first word of the passage. The fact that the first word of the passage is therefore means that as part of the backstory, we do want to know what was said before this. We're going to want to scooch back in our scripture and be like, okay, 
generally what happened before this. Sometimes your study notes will just kind of give you that answer so you can understand. And I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and read you the study notes from this NIV study version. Therefore is highlighted. And then it says, because of Christ's incomparable example. Okay, so it's basically saying the connection here is that before you get into the part that you're doing, you need to understand that the therefore is connected to Christ's incomparable example. The whole chapter two, the the 13 verses before this are all about Christ's example. And Christ's example It says in verse five, you're being asked to have the mindset like Christ. And so we're we're reading about how Jesus moved through the world and how Jesus is an example for us on how to move through the world. And there's tons of examples in there of very, very specific things about being united with Christ, being in his love and, and being an example like he is an example. So because of his example, that's that's what the therefore means here. The backstory is because of his example, this is why you're going to do this thing, right? Okay, so then we hear this thing. This thing is the working out of our salvation. And then the other part of the backstory, sometimes the backstory is also the next part because that gives you the context, right? So the therefore connected us to the previous portion of the chapter. The next part of the chapter, like if you read down, you're going to read in verses 14, 15, 16, it actually is going to tell you what it's going to look like for you to be working out your salvation. It's a very clear. It says, do everything without grumbling, do everything without arguing so you can become blameless and pure. It says, hold firmly to the word of life. So there's a sense of like, okay, there's there's some things that are going to come out of this confidence in Christ. There's some reasons why I have confidence in Christ, and then I'm going to work it out. And when I work it out, it's going to look this way. And isn't it interesting that the way it looks is is very, very clear. It's about living life without grumbling or complaining. You know what happens when you get on the earthly treadmill? The one where you say, if blank, then I'll be okay. What happens is if you get the thing, you're you're prone to pride. You're prone to say like, oh yeah, I deserve this. I deserve this life because I worked hard for it. If you don't get the thing, you're prone to complaining. Life isn't going the way I wanted. Life isn't going the way I expected. And so it's very interesting to me that the outpouring of a life of confidence in Christ where your focus and your framework is working out your salvation is that you won't be a grumbler and that you won't be a complainer and that you'll be faithful and encouraging in your life. That is so clear. If you've ever been confused about what it means to be a Christian, about what it looks like to live a life like it is the, this is the, we are on the lowest shelf right now. Like God's like, hey, like don't overthink it. Don't complain today. That's a good start. Like what, what, you know, how, how clear, you know, like that's just a very clear thing, right? So, so let's return. But we, we find ourselves, right? We're on this treadmill. If blank, then I'll be okay. And we realize that doesn't work. We come to this passage. The backstory is it's because of Christ's example that we are called to do this thing. The thing we are called to do is work out our salvation. The thing God is called to do is basically everything else. And, and I absolutely love this idea and this passage that God gives us, this promise that God gives us, that as we're working out our salvation, he's the one working in us. He's the one who's willing and acting in us to fulfill his good purpose. Do you know what his good purpose is? Not necessarily. Like that's the faith part of the journey. The faith part is having confidence to believe that God is at work in your story and in your life to work out his good purposes, even if you don't know what those good purposes are. And most of the time, you won't fully know what those good purposes are because we're not God. God is God. 
He's the one who has the plan. We are the ones who get to participate with the plan. So what does it mean? What does it mean when we think about what this looks like? And I, and I think this is a very important part because the the principle that we want to pull from here or the one that I want to pull for us today is really around our agency, our responsibility and God's responsibility. And, and when we get these things confused, we we will feel very insecure. If we get confused about what and who is doing what in our life, we will feel insecure because life will continue to be a trouble. Life will continue to be difficult. Things will continue to be hard. And if we think it's our responsibility, like if we're doing the thing right, then the thing's going to turn out a certain way. We're going to keep on bumping into that brick wall over and over again. So I think here the theological principle that we want to pull out is what is our agency? What is our responsibility in our faith journey? So when we look at this phrase, work out your salvation, I want you to think about what that doesn't say. It doesn't say work on your salvation. It doesn't say work for your salvation. Very important. Work out your salvation. And then the analogy that came to mind for me this morning as I was thinking about this was, what do you work out, right? Like, like what came to mind was actually kneading dough. Like, you have to work dough in order to really get the best results. So the dough is there. Everything has been formed in the dough. Somebody still has to work out the dough. The dough has got to be kneaded. Kneading the dough does not make the dough appear. Kneading the dough does not make the dough go away, right? Like the dough's just there. Your salvation is there. Your salvation is secure. Your salvation is present, but you work it out. You need it out. And as you work it out and you do so with fear and trembling, another version I would say would be like respect and wonder. Like you take it seriously. It's a big deal, right? Like you take it seriously. It's it's like you're like, I'm going to work this thing out because it's precious and important and powerful. So every day is a day that God's saying, hey, I want you to pay attention to this. I want you to work this thing out because I've given you this beautiful gift, but you have a part to play in it. And you know how God works out our salvation? Actually, through all that trouble. He works out our salvation through the things that make us insecure. He works out our salvation through the difficulties, through the hard meeting at work, through the thing that you're not sure that you can do, through the way that you're not sure you're supposed to love your kid. Whatever that thing is, he's working that out in you. And we get to participate in that. And as we do, as we show up for God, as we fix our eyes on Jesus, as we are fixing our eyes on what he has for us, he's working things out according to his good purpose. You're not working things out according to his good purpose. He's working them out. You are needing, you're working out your salvation. You're working it in a way that allows it to be powerful and effective and productive in your life. And what does that look like? Well, on the very base level, what do we say? What does this mean for you today? Well, do everything without grumbling and complaining. You know, pay attention to what God's doing. Worship him. Ask God to show you, hey, what are you working out in me and through me today? Hey, God, how are you using this trouble in my life, this insecurity, this difficulty? What are you teaching me about yourself? You can work out your salvation. You are not working for it. You are not working on it. You are working with it. And that is a beautiful, beautiful gift that God gives us. It will give you confidence to know God is the one who is working things out. God is not surprised by your troubles. God is not surprised by the situation that you're in. God is working things out in you and he's working things out in people around you. And you're not responsible for all of that. 
You are responsible for the way that you show up, your attitude, your heart, your spirit of worship, your eyes fixed on Jesus, your desire to pray for those around you, your way of of engaging and knowing like, okay, I don't have to do this perfectly. Um, God is the one who's going to work it out according to his good purposes. I don't need to be perfect. That's a huge part of of growing in confidence in your faith is knowing I don't got to do this perfect, but I do need to participate. And God is asking me to participate. Don't just leave that lump of dough like just there on the counter, knead it out, work it out. Because as you do so, you will discover greater confidence, greater faith, and a greater sense of God's presence in your life. All right, you guys, so fun to catch up. Looking forward to talking next week. How to Study the Bible with Nicole Eunice is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you like what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. The content we feed our minds will eventually show up in our lives. If we feed our minds the lies and confusion of this world, our lives will begin to reflect worldliness. But if we feed our minds the truth of the gospel, our lives will start to reflect the heart and character of Jesus. I'm John Stonge, and each week I host the Dwell on These Things podcast, where we take a deep look at the Word of God and learn what it means to apply it to our lives. We don't skip difficult passages, and we don't gloss over the truth. If you're looking for a show that will put your mind in a better place and help you understand God's Word with more clarity, you can listen to the Dwell on These Things podcast at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.